Remember the chorus you were in as a kid? How about your high school marching band? Or maybe it's just that one class you took in college or summer camp at the local community theater. Or maybe it's exploring being on stage for the first time as an adult. In every arts organization, there are hundreds of stories of how those experiences change people's lives. We want to hear and share those stories. These are the stories of impact and change making through an organization called Central Florida Community Arts. Through this journey, you will meet people who lead or intersect with our mission to build and serve community through the arts. Today on this episode, you'll hear from my friend Jeff Lindbergh, a wonderful leader at Disney, the senior director of casting for our organization, and a performer himself. Hello, Jeff. Joshua Vickery, thank you for having me on the show. How are I'm you? I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I think it's day by day and, uh, you know, I'm still grateful for all the opportunities that I get here in our community. So I'm doing, I'm doing well. You? Amen to that. Amen to that. And I love that the uh, technology brings us together in a pandemic eclipse as we get through every day alive, right? Yeah, you know, who would have ever thought that that the thing that was th- that I didn't know about or that was like the bane of my existence would be our savior, technology. Technology, <laughs> yes. Well, if there's anyone who's had to embrace it, it's you. But it's yes. great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Jeff, before we even dive into your story, I just want to say how grateful I personally am for your investment and mentorship in my life at Disney, where our lives intersected and how you and a team of wonderful leaders embraced me where I was at in that point in my life and motivated and encouraged me to think about what the next thing was, which happened to be CFCR. So publicly, and don't I we love say a thank good, you. Well, I'm receiving all of that and same right back at you. We love a good Disney story. And I think that's the one thing about uh, not only working in the arts community, but having a shared background like tourism. It doesn't matter what uh, theme park industry, hotel, that you work in, we are a small family. And that's the reason why I'm so interested in finding out how tourism and theme parks and arts can connect and stay alive during this very volatile time. But I love a good story and I love that you're part of mine. But yeah, we did meet at Disney. That's that's right. We sure did at the American Idol Experience. That old show, that little thing. <laughs> you know, we made so many dreams come true, but I think even bigger than that we met so many beautiful relationships uh, over that journey among the cast members. And I know that you feel the same way. There are so many people that we met that are now all still dear friends of ours uh, and a part of our lives. I, I cherish every day of it. Sure. I, I attribute it to actually one of the founding um, uh, pillars for how Central Florida was introduced to this amazing arts organization that you would end up building But I do think it's interesting that you're mentioning that we focus so much, especially at Disney, at our guest experience. And of course, we made guest dreams come true. But my goodness, we made a lot of personal dreams come true, a lot of accomplishment, first time Disney cast members for a lot of people, your story included, Mm -hmm. but uh, lasting relationships. But those relationships would kind of go on to be the groundwork or the bedrock of what would become Central Florida Community Arts, right? Absolutely. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many people that I met in that journey are still a part of our story today, you included. 
uh, Justin Michoni, who's now our orchestra director, Rob Lott, who has been a part of our creative team and board since day one. Sure. Alice Smetherham, who's actually helping our team right now. Like just so many people, A. Martin Cole, who's directed multiple yeah, choir rehearsals for me. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's neat how uh, how all of those lives are still a part of what we're doing today. So yeah, it was, it Bedrock is a good, is a really good example of that. Sure. So let's, and- let's dive into your story. Let's do that. So- sure. Describe to me, Jeff Lindbergh, little Jeff, right? How, uh, tell me some of your first memories of doing something artistic and then how did it affect you in the long run? Absolutely. You know, I think that there's always an origin story and this is actually going to be the first like public, um, dissection of discovery Mm -hmm. of mine. So, uh, bear with me as I kind of go through it, but the more I was thinking about this question, you know, I remember we would play um, pantomime at, you know, in the schoolyard, and um, we would have to, of course, act out, you know, it's a show title, a movie, a song. And I would start to do the opening choreography of the local theme park show that had very specific, it was the show called Kaleidoscope at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. And K through the letter E were all on these big doors and the dancers would pop out of these doors. And I remember sitting in the audience as a child thinking that was the most brilliant use of doors and letters I'd ever (laughs) seen in my life. But can you imagine in the schoolyard, no one having a frame of reference? I'm supposed to be like saying things like Super Friends or Spider-Man, but instead (laughs) I'm trying to impersonate the opening of Kaleidoscope, a theme park show and an amusement park in Williamsburg, Virginia. So I have to tell you from the beginning of watching um, the artists and the dancers and singers of theme park shows, I just knew that I had to be engaged and connected with it somehow. And it was a journey for me that was quite um, a difficult one. I was not quickly invited into the arts world. In fact, it wasn't until moving to Central Florida where I felt like I was really successful. Now, college training, college shows, all of those things happened, but it wasn't um, a way to really get uh, much more experience in front of an audience until I got to Central Florida. And talk about another thing that roots so many of us together is that very often, whether it's Disney, whether it's an organization like CFCA, we are the introduction for a lot of people to have Mm -hmm. their first performer experience. Mm -hmm. So I got to tell you, Central Florida was sort of my wake up call to how much I could love uh, being a performer, but more so as I started to realize that my, you know, you have an analysis of your chops of how good you are. I realized that maybe administration and leadership in the arts was probably more my forte. So I knew where to kind of um, hang my hat from what shows I could be cast in, what I was good or not good in where my vocal ability, I'm not a great singer. Um, I knew where I could be. But I think at the end of the day, having that awareness of what I could and couldn't lend would end up serving me well from that young Jeff who would watch um, the shows at a theme park and not a dancer, not a singer. So I would never be cast in those shows myself. But look at me now in my 40s, having a strong narrative in the arts world. I love that. And so you got all this exposure to the arts through the theme park industry and all that, but you didn't really get your break yourself as a performer pre-Central Florida. You came to Central Florida. Do you remember maybe a pivotal moment where you thought, okay, I've 
I'm now a part of the artistic community. Did something happen? Was it a show, a person? Um, when did you feel like you were, this was definitely need to be a part of your life? Sure. I love that acknowledgement because it really helps me understand my roots just a bit. It was, uh, of course, doing uh, the community theater circuit. You know, Central Florida is a wide breadth from the Eustis uh, area all the way up to Mount Dora, much wider than that. A lot of theaters in the neighborhood of Central Florida, meaning the Orlando area where I actually had an address, weren't as available. You know, either they were closed or they were in a professional circuit, so I couldn't really find my way there. So I would drive the 45 minutes to an hour to head out to the Bay Street Players under the amazing direction of Dave Clevenger. I'll talk more about him in a little while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found myself just starting to get cast into parts and shows that really kind of made me uh, have a better awareness of how I could contribute on the stage. Um, and I got cast probably in shows I shouldn't have been in, but I still got. So it really was a quick learning for me outside of the university setting. Um, so I would I would attribute uh, the community theater circuit. And that's how I started to meet people to start auditioning professionally. And so by the time I made it to Mad Cow Theater, which was my first sort of professional break, um, and then I would go on to uh, be one of uh, the, the Shakespeare um, uh, theater's uh, standbys. It was one of those moments where I thought, okay, I, I am being seen. And then I got mm-hmm. uh, Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, which I don't think you can work in Central Florida as a performer and not have some <laughs> uh, time at Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, uh, right. plus, plus them as, they, as they've taken a pause during this pandemic. But um, talk about uh, performing in front of an audience and improving. Sleuths really taught me that. So it all happened sort of at once, um, the jump from community theater into professional. And then from, so a Disney, awesome. from a Disney perspective, I was just always in a, in a leadership role and then eventually a senior leadership role where it would never be appropriate for me to audition for my own product. So I never had the thrill of really performing on a Disney stage outside of rehearsing with my casts. Um, so I've never been able to use that bar, and nor do I think people should. And, and you and I can argue that, and, and, and certainly you've formed an organization that doesn't require that. Um, I've never taken my value from performing on a Disney stage. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I've produced and cast for Disney for many years, so it's not that. It's the fact that it's, um, not, it's not the um, ultimate varsity letter that a performer needs to be successful in Central Florida. Mm, I love that. What a great, what a great way to phase that and gives validity to our mission here at CFSAR to give everyone the opportunity. So I know that you already hinted at one of your artistic influences. I just, I know that uh, by hearing you talk about him for years, uh, but yeah. what, what is someone or, or people who have really stood out to you as influencers in your artistic journey? Here in Central Florida, hands down, uh, David or Dave Clevenger and Julia Gagne out of Valencia, uh, male and female, patriarch and matriarch of Central Florida theaters, hands down two of the most amazing theatrical professionals I'll have the honor of calling not only friends and mentors, but performing for them. Um, David Clevenger and his um, sets are well known across Central Florida, and he can take any community theater stage and look at like the most professional Broadway house, but David Clevenger cares for his actors backstage, um, outside of uh, being a director in ways of coffee snacks, couch areas, costumes that are handpicked, jewelry that matches to the tee, socks, shoes, um, names and costumes, things that make you feel like a professional. 
outside of what a blocking and a staging element that a director can do. He, he knows how to pilot a ship uh, in a way that I just have always been blown away by. Then from a learning perspective, uh, working for Valencia. Valencia takes um, the, the interesting um, um, schooling and says to its students, we're going to bring in Central Florida actors to act with you in order for you to, to gain some understanding of the professionalism of a theatrical environment. And they have the money to produce bigger shows, bigger costumes, unbelievable sets as well. And then you as a Central Florida actor come in. But what I learned from Julia Gagne is an unbelievable understanding of the actor and artist journey and the mm. text and the understanding of how text matters and how words from playwrights matters and what elements and pauses are. Um, you know, even in the biggest Broadway musical that we could do, and I've done uh, big shows like Bat Boy the Musical with Julia or small ones, um, um, and we call her Julie, by the way, but um, small uh, black boxes with her as well. Every single word matters, punctuation matters. And she would pause and ask questions like, what's the most important word in that sentence? Mm -hmm. And to me, those are things that um, a true, true educator can do when they take words that are supposed to be on stage and, and mount them as a director. So those two people, to this day, I could get emotional thinking about their impact on me as a performer, as well as a leader. We got to make sure that Dave and Julie listen to this podcast. That was a beautiful tribute to both of them. Uh, and I, and I, I know them both kind of peripherally, but I, I also have great respect for their, their many uh, contributions to, to our theater community. So Jeff, as you think about your journey in the arts, is there a moment in your story, your artistic journey that made you exceptionally proud? I think that uh, getting my first, um, well, I, from a performer perspective, I think getting your first paycheck is always exciting. <laughs> right. Um, so I would say either uh, Matt Cow, Sleuths, or the Shakespeare with the Shakes. But I think from a leader perspective, it was being with the American Idol experience from its inception, truly blueprint, all the way to its sad um, demolition. And it, it, it had its life and its time. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, seeing the beginning, middle and end of the American Idol experience, tough to go through at the time. It was a show that um, guests didn't know quite how to embrace. And, and in some ways, either did Disney at the time, we did not um, have the... The, um, the television rights uh, to this to the show that was owned by a company called Fremantle. They produce everything from the American Idol brand to um, X Factor to The Price is Right. So they are a large distributor of quality entertainment, but we just didn't know how to do it. So I would say uh, those two moments were significant for me. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. I, and it's interesting to hear you talk about it because I, I know every moment of that. <laughs> Of that sure. and what it was like sure. to live through that. And I, I too am extremely proud of the work that you did and that all of us did uh, on that stage. So let's talk about CFC Arts. How did sure. you come to know CFC Arts and how did you get involved? I want to remember that you had an audition for something that required narration. And that's one lane that I had felt comfortable in. Uh, there was, I believe, a Christmas concert was my first thing. Or either that or a Disney. We were doing a Disney um, concert spring show. And we, uh, you needed actors that would take the time to, um, to come and volunteer their time. And I got the bug because when you perform to, uh, I think, 
something like 2,000 on one of your lowest nights up to 6,000 over two nights at, uh, at the church uh, where we perform, there's nothing like that. And so mm. getting cast in those shows and performing for that magnitude of audience with that unbelievable uh, symphony level orchestra around you, the surround of technology that made you feel and look good and the care and compassion of the organization, it just made me want to narrate every show. I, however, know that uh, as a casting professional that you can't you can't be in every show. Nobody wants to see every uh, person narrating every single time. So in any case, I will tell you, um, I, I backed off after a couple, but I had the ability to do Candlelight as a narrator uh, for you. And come on, we've all wanted to say those words. Right. So I got bit, I got bit <laughs> by the uh, concert bug with you and never looked back. And then eventually you offered me a, a leadership position. Yeah, which was a wonderful, uh, wonderful decision, I think, on my end. <laughs> I have to say so myself. So how would you describe this organization? Central Florida Community Arts, I think, to me, provides a doorway to unlocking a lot of potential, but it also provides the average artist a way to become better and provides the most seasoned art leader a chance to contribute. So for me, those three levels have always been CFCA's um, pride and joy of sort of their reputation and what they can offer. I can't tell you the amount of Disney cast members who want to be more proficient and um, available to getting resume picked for jobs here at Disney in the entertainment world. And I challenge them to say, where does your resume meet credibility of working experience? The way to achieve that is by doing things with organizations like CFCA who have the professional backbone, give you the demand and discipline that are required. I mean, if you look at your stage managing leadership teams that you have and your technical crews, they're going to really put them through an excellence level that's going to require them to get something on their resume to be a more formidable interview for um, paying positions. So um, for me, I, I just find myself saying that is the way that you can turn on Central Florida Community Arts to work to your advantage. And it's it's made me want to be a proud leader for you because of that. Mm, that's awesome. So what is your role now? And explain, you know, how that's transitioned from performer into what you're helping us with. Sure. So I currently sit as a senior talent casting director for Central Florida Community Arts talent casting team. And we are a group of um, dedicated professionals who can come together um, as a locally accomplished group, seasoned art leaders who are in charge of ensuring that the talent base seen at our auditions experience is not only seamless, but it's professional and that it is ready to be an audition room that can take a candidate from audition room to stage. And we do so by having a real focus every year on certain directives that are set by the senior leadership team at CFCA. But my casting team is a group of professionals. You've mentioned a lot of them. But we make casting agreements that share if you are going to be cast in our shows or if you're about to walk through the door or even log onto a website or see our audition notice, you are going to be greeted with a level of professionalism that will take you into a successful audition that could, as a result, get you cast in our shows. Because we believe that the casting experience is just as formidable as the performing experience. And what I love, and, I, and perhaps uh, you who have set the, the, the standards for this, and this is really to Josh's credit, everyone, but um, we do so with a um, diversity and inclusion statement. Little did we know, my friend, 
<laughs> when we were coming up with right. these directives, the 2020 that was going to be handed to us. But I got to tell you, everyone, Josh drives the organization to have these keywords. And I think that you had this conversation a lot earlier than some of the arts community did. Truly, I really mean that. And I'm not just saying that as our leader. I'm thinking that we became more inclusive against um, ethnicity and casting across gender lines um, in a way that I don't think was seen. And the Florida arts community, I can't be inclusive to all of the nation. But uh, we have a varying ability statement. We have ability inclusive languaging. And we just want to make sure that we're opening new doors, that we're creating bridges into acceptance by providing a platform for all artists, period. And uh, I, I've loved uh, us ensuring that diversity and inclusion statement as part of our purpose. And that's a beautiful testimony, Jeff. And thank you for being so articulate about, about that commitment. It's something we've been... And, and, and you know this from day one, it's always been about how do we make the arts accessible to everyone and break down those barriers and create true equity uh, because it's important. And I, and I love how I was able to sit at a table with you and craft uh, those commitments w- when it comes to casting. And, I, and I'm grateful for your leadership. So tell me, uh, you know, both of us, you and I have been impacted by CFC Arts in so many ways. Is there a story that you could share with our listeners of maybe someone else that you know of that you know has experienced the work of CFC Arts and been impacted? Uh, Well, one that I've been watching so closely, well, there's several, um, but one that I'm watching so closely now is uh, Juan Torres. Um, Mm. You know, Juan was introduced to me on Main Street USA when I was a guest experience manager. And for those outside of the Disney company, that's sort of the introduction to management level at our at Disney parks, where he wanted more than anything to be in entertainment. And I was fresh from not having the easiest access to leadership in entertainment at Disney. It was a very challenging um, door to open um, because they didn't see the credibility and experience that I was referencing earlier from me. And I watched Juan um, take this road and Disney provided this for him. But what I've loved is that it was his junior into senior level of understanding production and stage management, his drive to be educated inside and outside of Disney, that now he is passing it on to Central Florida Community Arts. This is not a novice that I'm saying works uh, at CFCA. What I'm saying is is that CFCA only um, is successful because people are ready to give back. And so I would say Juan, I would say Rob, um, you know, this is a man who is uh, a great creative contributor outside of his unbelievable performance ability, but Rob Lott, I would say that as well. Mm, it, you know, this organization truly does help people find kind of their greatest potential and, and exercise all of their gifts and talents and abilities for sure. So what is, uh, you know, we're living in the midst of something that's so unknown. And this organization decided day one that we were going to continue to live out our mission and, and mobilize virtually in a variety of ways. You know, we, we tend to have turned to the arts uh, during this critical time, why do you think it's important for CFC Arts or any arts organization to keep going right now? Well, I think the arts in general provide an escapism. And I gotta, I, I, I want to end on a high note, and I know that we're um, almost at our end time. But here's what I know for sure. 
I know that I don't think the average person across our nation is understanding the direct impact of non uh, travel tourism or the arts. I think that we have started to rest on our laurels about a Zoom and virtual side by side display. And I, I, do, I do think that you mobilized and, and virtual concerts were import, important at the top of this pandemic. What I think our call now as arts leaders and for me as duality of a tourism leader is we must get people to contribute back to the arts and give back and do more than sustain the arts, but drive them. So I think that our job as leaders and for those listening, perhaps the audience is to still participate, but more importantly, Josh, wake up to the mm -hmm. fact that tourism must continue. We must get in planes safely, by the way, demonstrating great mm -hmm. um, um, protocols of social distancing or physical distancing, mask wearing, double goggling, are putting face shields on, but we must lean into this normal artistically and from a tourism perspective for us to continue. But our call, I think as contributors is to provide those things. So I need to provide an amazing theme park experience in my one life. And for you, I need to provide an outlet for people to participate in because until we, um, if, if we were to stop doing that, Josh, I'm fearful for a lot of things, but we as arts can do that. I know we can. What a great message to, to leave this story on that, you know, our next chapter is being formed right now. And it's important as we that we stay yep. as we speak. And it's important for us to be committed to the cause because there will be a resilience. There will be a renaissance and let us be a part of that and not get and not uh, not hindering it in any in any fashion. So, Jeff, thanks so much for the conversation and thanks for sharing your story and for being a part of so many stories at Disney uh, and here at CFC Arts. Oh, Josh, I love you, man. And I love what you're doing for Central Florida. You're one to watch and one to be proud of. So I'm happy to share a moment with you. Many more memories to make, my friend. Yep. <laughs> All right, friends, thanks for joining us and listening in. Make sure you share this with your friends. We want to hear your story. So email us at artsmatter at cfcarts.com. Until next time.